Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Welcome to this special edition where we talk wines and the Giro d'Italia. We held an exceptional clubhouse room dedicated to Giro d'Italia. We thought about sharing some notes about the stages of the Giro, written and read by Mark Millen, a food, wine and travel writer and the author of numerous books as well as magazine articles published on both sides of the Atlantic. There will be more special episodes to come. Stay tuned! Swirl, swirl, sniff, sniff, sip, sip, and spit. Once again, here we go. Swirl, sniff, sip, spit. While you drink, don't forget these tasting tips. Okay, hello everybody. My name is Stevie Kim and welcome to another love story in Verona. Giro d'Italia meets Italian wine with Mark Millen and Luca Pizzighella today, a special guest. This room is being hosted by the Italian Wine Club. If you've not joined the club yet, please do so that you can be alerted to the next rooms hosted by me, but also other members as well. Um, I don't really see many newbies. Actually, there are a few of us today, but for, uh, for the newbies, you can do that simply by tapping on the greenhouse icon next to Italian wine on top left hand corner. This is an extra room. I usually run a weekly room on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central European time. In fact, this week we spoke about celebrity wines with Marco Fantinelle, who produces wine for Mary J. Blige, and Steve Ray, who's been working on Sarah Jessica Parker's wine. Robert Joseph also joined as part of panelist, and then things got interesting real quick once another Robert, Robert Camuta, joined in the discussion um, with a completely, completely opposing view on the topic in question. If you've missed this, I believe Italian Wine Podcast just dropped the recording this morning, so check it out. Uh, that's Italian Wine Podcast, where you can find the past episodes for the lovely recount from our special and now what has become our favorite um, correspondent, if you will, Mark Millen's Giro d'Italia coverage, Tappa per Tappa. So we've been absolutely mesmerized by his daily report and literally following his journey. Most of us are completely hooked. Speaking of Italian wine podcasts, I just wanted to give a huge shout out to our producers, Joy and Marge, um, and the entire team for all the extra hours they've been putting in lately. So if you can give them a follow, make them feel the love, leave a thumbs up on Apple podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, and or whatever, wherever you listen to your podcast, even better. Also, Laika, I'd like to give out a shout out to Laika. I don't know if she's here with us today. She's been a real, a real, um, trooper with all the crazies behind the club back stage clubhouse backstage so hope she doesn't quit on me because that's usually ha what, what happens but um as usual i'd like to remind the speakers that this room will be indeed recorded and replayed on the italian wine podcast if all goes well uh, because last call with mark we forgot to actually record it i may we do this for all those uh, who cannot participate on this call like cynthia <laughs> She asked, she um, sent in a special request. Should any one of the speakers who come onto the stage and not want to be recorded, please let me know as soon as by sending me a DM via Instant, we'll take care of that, which is, uh, by the way, on my profile bio. Lastly, I know the Clubhouse audience um, has been um, under-attended 
in general. But to be quite honest, I'm less concerned about the room size as much as how we can share and bring value to the conversation. So I, I personally think that Clubhouse gives us an opportunity to connect in a different way and gather insights about what is important to the audience and the community. Besides, I've met some fabulous people here, both from the wine trade and non-wine people. So it is indeed about you and thank you for joining us here on Clubhouse on this lovely Saturday and listening to us also on Italian Wine Podcast because it is really a labor of love. In line with this, if you'd like us to broach in the next weeks some special areas of interest to you, please uh, DM me, uh, wh- whether it's Italian wine or wine business with your ideas. Great, I'll shut up now. So let's start with our panelists and then open to the audience for Q&A. Hi, Mark. Ciao, Mark. Ciao, Stevie. Ciao, Luca. How are really, you? Really nice to be I'm really well. I'm really well. Can you hear me okay today? I can hear you. Can you hear me today? Yep. Yep. Great. Listen, um, so just for the audience, I had met Mark what seems like a lifetime ago. I don't know about you, Mark, but in reality, I've met you just two weeks ago. (laughs) It's crazy, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So Mark considers himself, in his own words, a words guy and writes books about wine, food, and travel. And that was before I had actually Googled him. I hadn't even Googled him. Uh, he wrote, had actually wrote 25 books in wine, food, and travel. Um, but I had discovered that he was planning to uh, write up a skinny recap of each day's tapa. So um, that is interesting and understandable to nine cyclists. Um, and then he links the, the wonderful thing about Mark's recap is that then he, he makes a direct, a link to the places, the cities, the wines, of course, which we have a special interest in that food and also history. So, um, uh, when we ran a room exactly two weeks ago, um, um, we forgot to, uh, record it. So, so karma has it that he we started recording his reports and um it, it's absolutely mesmerizing and fantastic he has kind of a um, fan club already uh with this um series that he's doing um so as i'd like to um maybe have the audience get a sample of your daily report mark would you mind giving us a taste by kind of reading one, maybe one from from the top uh, to Verona from yesterday. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm getting a bit of a poor connection, so I hope you'll not lose me. Um, it's really been fun doing this, Stevie, and I really appreciate the interest you've shown in it because to me, um, the Giro is such a special event and 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 it's such an obvious thing to link it to to history and culture, and above all, wine, because, you know, I'm also um, um, refreshing myself with wines of all over Italy through through following the journey. So that's sort of why I'm enjoying doing this. So let me just um, let you, um, I'll just read what I wrote uh, this morning for yesterday's stage um, and in, ten- in anticipation of the stage that is just finished, a mighty stage. Yes, great. Thank you. So, stage 14, Cittadella to Monte Zoncolan, 205 kilometers. Hope, it's what drives us all on. It's what makes us get up in the morning. Hope is what gets professional cyclists out of bed in the dead of winter to put in the hard kilometers to prepare themselves even just to be able to take part in a grand tour like the Giro d'Italia. It's what makes them keep riding every day over three weeks when every muscle, sinew, and bone in their body must be aching and in utter agony. Yesterday's route from Ravenna to Verona, passing through Ferrara and Mantua in homage to Dante Alighieri, was a day for most riders just to recuperate and try to recover before the arduous days in the mountains. It could not have been flatter or straighter. 
It was a day when there was absolutely no hope for a breakaway, a small group of riders to try to get ahead and hold out to the finish. And yet, a trio led by the indefatigable Simon Pelot, who is proving to be this year's most combative rider, tried all the same. Even when the full might of the peloton was bearing down on them in the final five kilometers, when it was clearly hopeless to hang out any longer, they still made a final acceleration to try and prolong their moment in the sun for just a little longer. Why? What drove them on when there was absolutely no point whatsoever? Why did they expend precious energy and fatigue their already aching muscles when there was absolutely no benefit to be gained? It seems that hope becomes a habit, a state of mind, so they just drove themselves on, hopefully. Giacomo Nizzolo, the Italian and European champion, knows about hope as much as anyone. One of the most popular riders in the peloton, he is an immensely talented sprinter who has so far been unable to win a stage in his home grand tour, finishing second on countless disappointing occasions. What must have gone through his mind then, at the very end of the stage, when, having been delivered to the final two kilometers and perfect position by his hard-working Kubeka Assos team, he saw Eduardo Affini of Jumbo Visna accelerate at such an astonishing pace for a final dash to glory along the straight Corso Porta Nuovo, Nuova of Verona. It was an audacious move, and Affini was powerful enough to open up a sizable gap that looked almost hopeless to reel in. Did Nizzolo at that moment think that he might have to settle for another second? No, he believed in himself because he had hope in his heart. Gradually, then more quickly, almost superhumanly, he pounded after his countryman, got onto his back wheel, slipstream for just a moment, then powered past him, arms aloft as he crossed the line in immense relief to take his first stage win in the Giro d'Italia. Today, we enter a new phase of this three-week Grand Tour. The start line might as well have a banner written above it. Lasciate ogni speranza, voi chintrate. The phrase carved over the portal when Dante's protagonist and his guide, the poet Virgil, begin their descent into hell. If their journey took them down into the deepest bowels of the earth to discover the terrifying circles of Inferno, our journey goes ever upwards. Five of the next eight stages will take the cyclists to some of the highest and most inhospitable mountaintop summits in all of Italy. Dante's words might as well be chalked on the high mountain roads alongside the famous names of cyclists, past and present. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Mountains are for many of us what the Giro d'Italia is all about. Mountains will decide the victor. Mountains will crush the losers. In the mountains, a rider on a bad day can lose 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes or more on general classification. This in a race whose outcome is often decided by mere seconds. There will be courageous and repeated attacks on the Maglia Rosa. The riders will have to dig their deepest. Teams will have to be at their strongest in support. And many will lose the will to live, might abandon all hope. This is where we will get to know those riders who are great of heart, those riders who never lose hope, even when everything around them seems hopeless. So then, a fatiguingly long day with two major climbs, including one of the steepest and most shockingly fearsome of all, Monte Zoncolan, located in the Carnic Alps of Friuli Venezia Giulia. The, the climb is a leg-numbing 14 kilometers, and it is steep all the way up. I drove up the road to just below the summit of Monte Zoncolan two summers ago to seek out the Malga Pozov, in search of mountain cheese. Every summer, the Gortani family undertake the Transumanza, walking their herd of cattle up old mountain tracks to this remote summit outpost where they can live and enjoy 
the fresh and ethereal mountain air. The cows graze happily on the fragrant grass of the high alpeggio, and the Gortanis milk them to make a range of mountain cheeses. My imagined plan today, then, is to position myself somewhere just below the Malga, on my virtual armchair the cyclists, maybe somewhere around where the road rears to a leg-numbing 27% incline. There they will be going through their own private hell and moving slowly enough to look in their eyes to see who still has hope or who has abandoned it. Us armchair cyclists like nothing more than to see someone else suffering. We've all been there ourselves. It is far too high up here for vineyards, so I'll take a bottle in my backpack to enjoy with a hunk of the Malga's fragrant mountain cheese. But what bottle? The vineyards on the foothills leading up to the high mountains, as well as on the plain and on the limestone plateau of the Carso, collectively make up one of Italy's most exciting wine regions, Friuli Venezia Giulia, source of both outstanding whites as well as great reds. I'm tempted to stash a bottle of Isonzo Cabernet in my backpack. In World War I, no less than 11 battles took place along the Isonzo front, Italy's bloody battlefield against the Austrians. It would be an apt choice, for there are still many battles to come in this year's Giro d'Italia. Friuli suffered in World War II as well, and in centuries of skirmishes and battles before then, a tragic history. Much as I enjoy and relish the combat on the road, I'm going to go with a wine that instead of conflict and competition seeks harmony and brotherhood. Vino della Pace from the Cantina Produttore di Cormons. When this CAV cooperative was formed after the war, the wine, the wine growers decided to commemorate peace by planting the Vigna del Mondo with vines brought in from every wine-growing continent on earth. Today, the Vigna del Mondo comprises more than 800 different grape varieties. Every year, they are harvested and vinified to make the Vino della Pace, a bottle of which is sent to every civil and religious head of state in the world. It is a symbolic wine, certainly, but it is also a wine to drink, gently sweet, soft, not in the least aggressive or bellicose. Surely, even in the midst of a combative stage race, such as a Giro d'Italia, there is time to take a moment to enjoy this wine of peace, perhaps sampled with a slice of gubana, a snail-shaped pastry filled with nuts and candied fruit and raisins soaked in grappa. The Vino della Pace is a unique wine of human solidarity and brotherhood, in this year, more than ever, we all need to take a deep breath, drink deeply, and hold on to our hope. <laughs> I, I know, like, my, my kids say when I do sh uh, shit like that, they say it's cringy, but... Mark, thank you so much for doing that. I mean, that was absolutely um, fantastic. Now I think people know why we love, love your daily, um, daily report. Um, I hope you take a breather. So let me, let me, um, let me get to Luca now. I'll let you rest just, just a little bit. We have Luca with us. He's actually the director of um, Signor Vino. Ciao, Luca. Ciao, 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 ciao. So we uh, were actually, uh, thank you for hosting us yesterday. We were uh, actually going to originally do the recording, the call yesterday, but I am very, very happy we didn't do that um, because I actually got to enjoy um, uh, the race yeah. right from the balcony. They have like a fantastic view. And just by chance, uh, I was able to um, record the... Um, the arrival. I had no clue. I, solo. Yeah, yeah. I had it no clue. Solo. Like I, I didn't know what was going on. So thank yeah. you so much. So um, now we can, you know, talk about that. So Luca, um, I know you are, of course, not just a wine lover. You, um, you're studying WSET. You're my classmate, so to speak, for the diploma yeah. program. 
So you know uh, quite a bit about wine. And of course, are you from Verona originally? Yes, yes. I born, I born in Verona, yes. So born and raised in 100% Veronese doc, right? Yes, yes. With a strong, <laughs> strong accent, actually. Yeah. So from Verona. <laughs> Listen, Luca, um, so do you, do you bike yourself? Like, do you yeah. go biking? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not as a professional as well. But, but by, by the way, I want to, to thank uh, thanks you for the invitation, but also, also Mark for... for this story was amazing uh, listening listening to you mark before by the way yes i i love biking but um you know in italy especially in verona there is a, a very very strong tradition about cycling and uh, uh, you know we, we are a soccer country but also a, a bike country you know we we love it uh, we are very very in love with giro d'italia with biking and um, yes, I I, li- I like um, I like doing that, but as more as a tourist, you know, not as a sport way. Yeah, as a hobby. Yeah, as a hobby, as a hobby. Yes, uh, so, I, I have all the family. Uh, you know, I, I'm the a kind of guy with uh, uh, with two kids uh, in in the bike. Uh, <laughs> so you're a family man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> okay. Yeah. Listen, Luca. So, okay. where where do you go biking? Like, is, are there different trails, um, even for amateurs in around Verona? What what, yes. what what is your recommendation if when? No, it's uh, yes. There are there are there are many because there are uh, we are close to um, Lake of Garda, you know. So it's a uh, it's very it's fantastic to to drive from Verona, to bike from Verona to to the Lake of Garda and then uh, you know there is Valpolicella so there are amazing landscapes also suave as well and then uh, there are uh, some very very difficult also uh, also streets you know with the biking like Perifosse for example. So, what was uh, that? I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Oh, uh, it's Peri Perifosse. Where it's, is uh, where is it's that? Closer, it's uh, almost in the middle of the lake. Okay, close to to Torre del Benaco. Then uh, it's a very very difficult uh, um, uh, bike. Uh, it's a bike, bike trail. Street. Yeah, bike trail. Mm-hmm. And uh, but th- there are so many. So. But also for uh, for not so difficult, uh, having the the lake close, you know, it's uh, it's amazing because uh, you can bike uh, also close to the um, to the lake. Okay, great. Listen, Luca, you have how long has um, Signor Vino been open? Oh, Signor Vino is open uh, in uh, we opened Signor Vino the first one in two thousand twelve. And was that and was that the one in Verona? Was that your? Oh uh, no, it was not the first. It was the 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 the, the fourth, and uh, we we opened Verona the fourth. We opened first in Milano, because uh, we have several in Verona. We have four Signor Vino, and uh, we open uh, amongst stores uh, in the south of Verona in Vallese. We opened the fourth in uh, in Verona, and uh, yes, is. Uh, you know, it's, we enjoy Giro d'Italia for uh, for many years. Uh, so also we 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 get another um, uh, Giro d'Italia in the past uh, in the past years and enjoying from our senior uh, But let me ask you a question about your clients because your clients yes. because the one in Verona it's in right as if, I think some of you have seen. Um, the pics that I put on my Insta yesterday. Um, it's uh, right in the heart of the center of Verona, right? So do yeah, you have mostly yeah. tourists or also um, like local people? So uh, you, you know that we have uh, more than uh, than 20 in Italy of Signor Vino and we have very, very amazing location like, like this. So we, yeah, we are in Ponte Vecchio, in Flore, in Duomo, in Milano. Here in Verona, we are near the city center, close to Arena. And um, the point is to to get wine and uh, the wine shop close to, to people, close where traffic is, no? So uh, it's, uh, it's not about thinking where there is the most uh, tourist location, but it's where there is uh, the most people that they can see 
wine, you know. And sometimes uh, in the past, uh, wine took uh, very, very hidden locations. So we, we want to, to bring wine, uh, you know, in the, in the most uh, beautiful places, in the most beautiful plaza, in piazza, in, uh, in, in Verona, in the most... Uh, uh, iconic uh, situation. And so in in Verona we did the same, and uh, but with uh, with an offer that is for the local, not this interesting for the local. So at the end we have we have both. We have locals, uh, we have a lot of Veronese people, okay, and uh, and then at the end we have uh, a lot of Italians tourists that uh, that is important, and uh, at the end also you know, foreign foreign tourists. But uh, half and half, when I say, maybe in Verona also 70% locals and uh, 30% tourists. And what, and what is the, mo- the most popular wine uh, that yeah, you say? Uh, I'm sorry? Uh, yes, in Verona, you know, uh, Valpolicella, is, uh, Marone, Ripasso, Valpolicella, Classico. These are the most... Uh, uh, you know, the, the most asked the wine uh, in our location. So in Italy, we have uh, so strong uh, uh, denomination uh, and uh, also people, uh, local people drink uh, very, very locally. Um, so for sure, Valpolicella and also maybe the Lugana for the white and Suave for the, always for the white are the most uh, asked uh, wines. Okay, great. Thank you, Luca. I'm going to go back to Mark now. Mark, have you um, rested a bit? Yeah, I have. <laughs> I'm really interested in, to listen to Luca. Uh, I wish I was sitting in uh, Signor Vino with you both enjoying a glass of wine, but of course, I hope to be coming to well, Verona. Yeah, what's going month. on? Are you? I mean, I think we're kind of getting better uh, in Italy. Are you able to travel now? Well, it's very unclear. The government here is is sending mixed messages. Um, Italy is still on what's called the amber list rather than the green list. Mm. And at present, we're not supposed to be traveling to amber countries. But I'm really hoping that in the next few weeks that will change. Um, but, you know, and everything is so fluid. It could be that Italy doesn't want people from the U.K. coming um, because of whatever. You know, it's... Uh, it's a very disturbing and uncertain moment for the whole world. And, you know, I'm just hoping, um, you know, for everybody's sake, this is going to pass and we will. Uh, and, and I'm hoping to be able to, to be in Verona in June. I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, we can. I mean, you're already famous now in the community, so you have to come. You know, I was kind of thinking that, I don't know, Lan, I was going to bring Lan up, but he hasn't, uh, I don't know if he's around, he's available. Um, I was thinking about actually for next year, for this year it's too late, but next year to incorporate some of your um, um, actually episodes into the program, incorporated as the, um, that, you know, we do have that small section of food and wine pairing um, section in the program. But I think it's really um, fabulous that you bring in the history and the culture and connected to the wine and food. Um, and I think that's, you know, I'm going to think about that. I'll talk to Lan and also, of course, Professor Shensa about your, um, your episodes. I see some hands. Oh, here's Laika. Um, Laika wants to come up. Hey, Laika, yeah, did, did you have Hi. a question? Yes, I've got a question. I actually have a question for Mark. Um, since I've also been listening to your um, Giro d'Italia tapas on the Italian Wine Podcast and here on Clubhouse, um, I wanted to ask, like, what inspired you to write about the Giro d'Italia, and how many years have you have you been following the game? Well, um, I've I'm a I'm a I'm a crazy cyclist. I love cycling myself, and I love cycling in Italy. So I've come to Italy many times um, um, to cycle, and I like nothing more than cycling in Italy. So the Giro d'Italia is a very special moment every year. And usually, I'm I'm working in Italy in May, and the Giro d'Italia goes all over the country. No matter where you may find yourself, is likely to be somewhere that the route is passing through and 
actually, I think it's um, it's it's wonderful that Signor Vino are involved um, with the Giro d'Italia and and Luca here uh, hosting us today because um, Signor Vino has this really demonstration of how every place that the Giro is visiting is linked to wine, and uh, that's what seems an obvious connection to me you know i love cycling i love italian wines and it just seems an obvious fit to to um to write about it it's an opportunity to remember places that i know remember places that i love remember wines that i've enjoyed over the years and connect them and you know the route changes every year this year it's actually quite um unusual it's it hasn't gone to Sicily. It's just touched into Puglia. It hasn't gone to Calabria or Basilicata or Sardinia or Liguria. So in other years, there would be other places and other wines to draw, try and enjoy and other histories and stories to tell. And I think that's what's so exciting about the Giro, the cycling. Yes, I love the cycling. Today was an amazing stage. But... Um, it's also, it's all of these connections that come together. Okay, let me just quickly reset the room. We're talking about Giro d'Italia with Mark Millen and Luca Pizzighella today. Um, so if anyone would like to, you know, raise their hand, come up and talk about their wines and the tappa uh, from Verona. W where did they go today? I haven't, I haven't a clue. As you can see, it's Greek to me, Giro d'Italia. Uh, today was really, really exciting. Today, uh, the Giro left Veneto and went into the high mountains of Friuli, Venezia, Giulia. So it went up the Monte Zoncolan um, in the Karnak Alps, uh, very high. There was snow on the road as the, uh, as the uh, cyclists made their way, mist and snow, and it, it looked awful up there. The road was rearing up at 27%, which is, it would, you, it would be a struggle to walk up a road that steep. And yet these guys were cycling up it, not effortlessly. You could see how much it hurt. But it was, um, it was an amazing uh, stage to see. And as I said in my report, you know, it's, I, I've been up there in the summer um, when the views have been fantastic and the mountain cheese is so wonderful from this milk from cows that graze on, on the um, unpolluted grasses of the high mountains. So it, it was a special stage. I was so looking forward to it, and it didn't disappoint. It was very, very exciting. That's great. Uh, you're getting me all hungry. I would even eat some of that grass, and I'm not even vegan. Luca, uh, listen, what, what is the Giro d'Italia? First of all, it comes to Verona every, every year. Does it come to Verona every year? No, not, not always, but, uh, you know, we have uh, some uh, iconic uh, uh, Giro d'Italia that finish in Verona in the, in the U.S. So it was in uh, 2019, uh, we, have, uh, we have Verona, but uh, also the most iconic was in uh, 84, when uh, Moser, uh, Moser, that is a wine producer now of Trento Doc. Yes, yes, uh, absolutely. He won the Giro d'Italia. Oh, we should have invited him. Yeah, yeah, yes. It's, uh, it's probably it's, uh, it's a, good, a good guest. And, uh, and then also in 2010, when uh, Ivan Basso, another you know, great champion of uh, Italian champion, won uh, Giro d'Italia, always in Verona. So now Verona, Verona with bike is famous. Also, there are also very very famous uh, cyclist uh, also Viviani that is uh, biking now Viviani that unfortunately uh, is uh, didn't won so many so many times this year but uh, for example it will uh, it will bring the the flag you know in the in the Olympics uh, in so the there's a big there's a tradition of um yeah, cycling yes, in Verona yes, yes. but so, uh, what, is, yes. what, what does Giro d'Italia mean for the country, in your opinion, you as an Italian? Uh, you know, it's, a, we, it's an appointment, uh, but uh, I, it's a very, very strong, uh, we have a very strong culture with, uh, with bike uh, here in Italy. You know, yes, 
fact it's about soccer but uh, bike is uh, is something uh, uh, that really really long really follow and um, every everyone at the end uh, try to you know as a bike as a sportive bike i want to say uh, at home and uh, you know it's sometimes as a driver with car it's difficult because there are plenty of of, uh, of bikers uh, in uh, in our streets so it's uh, it's something that we feel uh, we feel very very strong so we are in love with Giro d'Italia and uh, for us uh, Giro d'Italia for example is uh, um, is the, the most important one we know that for the world also the Tour of France uh, is uh, is very important but uh, we, we really we love with our Giro d'Italia. So. You know what was amazing? Um, I was just you know um, hanging out in your 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 balcony, and everything. There's so much organization, incre- like clockwork. As soon as soon as you know, so there there was the um, the setup just in front of Signor Vino. I guess they were like journalists or family members or coaches or whatever of the riders. Right. And as soon as they finished, they completely like, um, cleaned up everything, like completely, um, undid everything that they had set up, like in matter of like seconds. And I think, um, also Margarita was with me. Well, she came, she was on out on the streets. I was on the balcony. Margarita, she's actually a serious biker. I know she went for a ride yesterday because she got so, I think she got motivated. How, how was your, what was your experience like, Margarita? Well, Stevie, you mean yesterday? Yesterday, yes, yesterday. Well, I mean, uh, it was amazing. I was, I was very excited as we were going there uh, because, of course, like the city starts to close down, the streets start to close down, and it gets really, really exciting. And then when me and Kuhn, my colleague, he was um, taking videos, decided to just stop and wait for like, I think we waited 30 minutes for the uh, bikers to arrive. I could just, I don't know, my emotions were, uh, I couldn't control them anymore. I was actually almost crying, but um, I stopped myself because I know then Stevie would have made fun of myself. So, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but it was amazing. I was so inspired that then we got back at the office and I was kind of sad because I was like, oh my God, these guys are amazing. And so I decided to take my bike and just like uh, do a 30 kilometers ride through Valpolicella and and then go back to Verona at like nine. And it was really, really amazing. It really inspired me. So, you know, um, Margarita, myself and the, the podcast team, we went up to... Um, above Trentino. Mark, you, you should try this out with, um, Margarita if you're fit. Um, so we went for, like, we had a day trip to San Leonardo, which is, um, which is a winery, which very important winery in the Trentino area. By the way, actually, we dropped the interview today, um, um, for the podcast with Scienza and the Marchese. And the whole point was like, of course, we drove to this winery and Margarita took her bike. So she's a fanatic Mark. I mean, I think she can give you a run for your money. Anyways, tell, tell Mark about the, the route you took from Verona to get to this place in Trento. Um, well, I woke up at like four thirty uh, at four and I decided to take a shower and get all my well yeah I don't need ready. that kind of stuff I mean I'm no come on Stevie but it's for okay because you don't bike like people <laughs> okay. who bike know right, the process thanks. is like such as important like I love preparing all my snacks and, and all my uh, how is it called the, the stuff you drink um, like integratori Stevie you can you can translate that for me please I have no idea what that is I guess sports drink electrolytes sorry I, I did it myself electrolytes okay so yeah and then um, I decided to start it was a 60 kilometers uh, ride but um, it but was, very I, very hilly right uh, it's yeah, it was a climb I, it, I climbed like a thousand two hundred um, meters like 
1,200 meters elevation. So it was, but it was smooth. It was very smooth. Like it was not hard, actually. I loved it. And I, the part that I love the most is when I arrived, uh, this Marchese, like very noble person just sees me <laughs> and he's like, um, where are you going? <laughs> Because I was very sweaty and very... Okay, we don't need that. That's too much information. Thank thank you. But anyways, and then I was just ready to work. You know, I was just ready to go. And I I don't know. Biking is... I don't think it's... I don't think it was like such as you describe it. Like something too hard. It was just the perfect thing before uh, a whole work, a whole day work. Okay, great. Thank you for sharing that with us, Margarita. No Margarita is, is also our producer for Italian Wine Podcast. So, uh, just just for that for that introduction there. Um, so, Lan, ciao, Lan. Hi, Stevie. Where are ciao, you? Mark. Ciao, Luca. Hi. How are you? I'm good. 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 Where? Italia, but it's very exciting. Where are you? Where are you? I'm in Piemonte right now. Would you like to contribute to our discussion about another love story in Verona, Giro d'Italia? Uh, yeah, I actually want to ask some suggestions from uh, Mark. Say, no, I was, I'm following all the comment, com, commentary of Mark's sort of uh, pairing the wine along the way doing the Giro d'Italia. But this, Give me sort of inspiration because wine study is so traditional. You read the book, you taste the wine from time to time, you visit a winery, but it's not live experience. So I was thinking if we can bike then around Italy, then study about Italian wine, what would be the uh, stages that you like you recommend for us to to take? Well, that's going to be a long bike trip, isn't it? <laughs> he he always like challenges, you know. Welcome to my life, Mark. <laughs> this is what you I know, deal with every day. These type of questions. I love that question because this is the story of the Giro d'Italia and of linking it with wine because Wine is produced in every one of Italy's 20 regions, important wines, good wines. And the Giro would be in different years at some point visiting every region and discovering those wines. So really, you'd have to have a very, very long trip. And for me, you know, I once cycled from my home in Devon, which is southwest England, to Venice, and I crossed the Alps and cycled into Piemonte. I came down, um, I went through uh, the, um, I went over the uh, Monte Cinesio and then down into Piemonte. Um, but I think I would begin my um, biking and wine tour high up in Valle d'Osta. And I would like to uh, stop there first and sample some of those amazing ethereal light mountain wines. Uh, um, from the Prié Blanc, and uh, and then begin, and then of course I would have climbed up that mountain. It would be downhill, all the way down the Dora Valtea Valley, coming down, winding my way into into northern Piedmont to sample some of those wines. And so you know you would have to really look, look at a map and think about it. Think about how you're going to um, do you do you stay on the Turanian side, perhaps cross over into Liguria and maybe visit the Cinque Terre and then down into the seaboard of Tuscany and, and Bulgari and the, and the vineyards of Pisa and then down to the Maremma. Um, or possibly you might want to have some flat riding along the Via Emilia through the Oltrepo Pavese and the Colli Piacentini and then maybe stop up in the Langhirano Hills, just because I love Prosciutto di Parma and the Salumi of Emilia-Romagna and the fizzy, dry wines that are so loved there, which go so well with the meats. And then perhaps into the, the hills of Romagna and down to the Adriatic coast. And of course, I've missed out all of Veneto if I go that way. So I really would want to stop in Verona because I love Verona. I love. Yeah, of course. That's I like how can you not, how can you even think think about not stopping? 
I cannot <laughs> think about not stopping in there. It's not only one of my favorite cities, but it also is such a source of so many wonderful wines. Um, you know, I would have probably cycled through Custoza and had a glass of Bianco di Custoza first and then, and then, and then gone up the lake. Uh, uh, I lived one summer in the wine hills above Bardolino and I, I'm very fond of Bardolino and it's wine. You lived in Verona? You lived in Bardolino? In, in Bar, in the wine hills of Bardolino. What were you doing in Bardolino? We were writing a book. Aha! We our book, the wine, road, the wine roads of Italy, and so we 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 spent the summer there. My son was one year old. I won't tell you how old he is now because it's quite a long time ago. But I have such fond memories. And in those days, when I biked, um, I had a heavy bicycle with a trailer behind it, and I would my one year old son would be in the trailer, and it's quite hilly around there. And, um, and, and, and heavier than my, my son was my wife, Kim's cameras, because she's the photographer for our book. So she would load all of her cameras and everything into this trailer behind my bike and we would visit winery. So I loved Margarita's story because that's the sort of thing that I would really admire that you do that, that you would take however many hours it took to cycle over those beautiful hills all the way up from Verona up to Trento just to visit a wine producer when you could have easily have got there in other ways, but not in such beautiful way. So I love that. And, I, you know, I could go on and on traveling down the Adriatic through Le Marche into, into Abruzzo and Molise, but that's the beauty of what we've been doing with this Giro d'Italia um, linking it to wines because we've been to many of those places over these days and we still have some more to come. Great, Mark, that's fantastic. And Let me just quickly... And, uh, Go ahead, Luca. I can, I can add one thing that, Lani, if you are tired then you can sit down in Signor Vino and then we can bring at the table all the Italian wine because, <laughs> you know, we have plenty of that. And so yeah, don't make any suggestions, tired. Luca, because he will take up on your offer. You know, okay. yes, <laughs> I yes, need yes, to yes. Monday after work. Yeah, Columbia, you see, uh, this stop. is what happens. <laughs> no, look at listen. Um, while I have you, can you, you know, I see so, you see some of the people in the audience. Oh, ciao, Matthew, I haven't seen you in a while. Um, some of the people in the audience, um, are from our community, like Paul, he, they're coming, Aaron, I believe he's coming as well. Um, you know, and hopefully, Mark, um, can you recommend some? Restaurants, your favorite restaurants in Verona, like must-go restaurants in Verona. Okay, um, okay, we take away Signor Vino because okay, yes, I, yes, we yes, must for sure. We must do uh, so. Yes, we we have very very traditional ones restaurants. So, for example, Pompiere. That is very, very what does uh, uh, and that's one of my favorite too, Mark. Yeah, um, uh, why is Al, Pom Al Pompiere, you one of your favorite. What do they? What uh, kind of food they, do they serve? Is um is a cacuterie and uh, meat and, and pasta. But it's, it's traditional from Verona, you know, place. Mark, have you been to Al Pompiere? No, I haven't. But uh, I'm looking forward to it yeah, next time. Yeah. There's this. Um, there's this. The um, yeah, there's this man. His name is Natalino, which means like. Little Christmas. He's been <laughs> yeah. slicing ham for like literally 60 years, like yeah. all the charcuterie, like all the ham and the, and the salami. And it, it's, it's incredible. He had yeah. to lose weight actually because of health, can, <laughs> health reasons. Okay. What, what, what are the other restaurants that would you nah, recommend? Yeah, yeah. We have the historical one that is uh, Bottega, Bottega del Vino. Yes. For, I think everyone stuff. knows Bottega everyone del Vino. Mark, have you been to Bottega del Vino? Yes. Too many times. I love it there. I, I love the risotto al Amarone with a, with a glass of Amarone. Uh, yeah. yeah, usually we have a small like um, gathering at Bottega del Vino. Um, as you know, for the audience, Bottega del Vino was um, bought by the uh, Familia della Marone, 
I, yeah. I guess they're called something else now, but basically 12 Amarone families. There, so the Bottega del Vino is now owned by the, the, the wine producers. And it's been that way. I don't know. When did that happen, Luca? Like, uh, I think uh, six, seven years ago, maybe yeah, six, seven years ago. Right. Uh, yes, yes. So it's it's a small place. And we used to actually do a tasting there as part of the um, the Vinital International Academy program. But because the space is too small, I, I don't know exactly how to do that this year. But we'll see. And uh, yes, there are uh, other many for sure. We have a uh, a very, very important chef here, Giancarlo Perbellini, that has a very beautiful restaurants here. Not right, that's the, kind uh, of the top, top Michelin yes, restaurant, uh, right, in yes. Verona. Yes, yes. And then there are others, others uh, I think, that do, they're doing very well uh, with with wines, like Cafe Dante, for example, or Alcova del Frate, that is close to Ponte Pietra. Uh, they are they are they are doing very well with uh, with uh, the office of wine, and then uh, there are also some very mo- more fashion place uh, like uh, Yard is a new new one, uh, uh, most fashion. Uh, so th- there are so like many. like it's a it's yeah. a trendy kind of place Yard. Trendy kind of place, yes. But yes. is that is that a like a chain restaurant? The Yard? No, 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 no. no, no. Is a is a is a is a local one, but yes, it's more. More fashion, and they are increasing also the the wine list. So they are working on that. So it's a, it's, a, it's it's quite good. So there are, there are, but yes, for for sure, the more traditional one are, uh, in my opinion, uh, this one, Bottega del Vino and Pompiere. These are very very strong with tradition. We have the Risotto La Marone, uh, risotto al tastasal, uh, risotto al radicchio. Uh, we are very strong uh, in Verona with the risotto, no? But what kind and, of food uh, do you serve in Signor Vino? Ah, in Signor Vino, yes, we have... Uh, I mean, it's more yeah. casual, right? It's mostly, it, it, yes. you know, about... It's like, you, you call it like ca- uh, cantina con cucina or something, yes. right? Yes, yes, because uh, um, our goal is, uh, is to focus on wine, so wine is uh, our focus. So, first of all, our... Um, a big, our goal is to, to not charge the, the service no, for the wine. So you, you could bring from, from the chefs the wine and at the same price you drink at the, at the table. So this price is important. This is the, the main thing because you can, you can drink without thinking too much about the price uh, or the, the most important bottle. Uh, I think you guys were wine. kind of the first to do that because usually, yeah. right? Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. as a chain for sure. Right. And, uh, and uh, it's, a, it's, it's a, quite, a kind of a simple thing, no? But uh, at the end, this, uh, we want to bring quality. We want to bring uh, the, 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 best, uh, the best brands. Uh, also to the most, you know, the, the, the most public, the most uh, people that, that we can. And so if you come from us in our, in our, in our uh, sorry, in our restaurants, uh, first of all, you have to think that you can very be very very courageous. No, you can open. You can open bottle. You can taste. Yeah, uh, and this is very this is very important. We have a, a lot of a big offer, a big offer by the glass, and then uh, we have uh, Italians uh, Italian food, and uh, we we try to embrace uh, all the Italian offer. So not only the Verona. Also, we are from Verona, but at the end we have stores in Torino, in Milano, in Rome. Actually, I'm I'm calling from Rome in this moment. I'm in Signorino in Rome. Uh, in this moment, uh, so I silence all the, all the guy because <laughs> I have to. I have it's to a new to opening, right? It's a new yes, shop. It's a new open. Yes, yes, it's a, a new opening in. Uh, Congratulations in, uh, in Piazza Barberini. So we, it's uh, we want to embrace the Italian food because Italians uh, are everywhere in the world and we are appreciated for sure. But at the end, uh, as entrepreneur, we, we are not. There are not so much. Uh, big entrepreneur in food, you know, in, uh, in chain food, uh, especially abroad. So our goal is to, is to bring the, the, the food, the Italian food and Italian wine, uh, not only in Italy, but to bring in these casual new things, new, new way, also in the foreign country. Well, yeah, well, you have land who can bring it to China. You have Laika who can bring it bring to the yeah. Philippines. 
And Paul, stateside, and Mark to UK, you have your chain right here. Fantastic. (laughs) All right, listen, uh, let's go. We we just have a few more minutes, so I'm going to uh, welcome Paul and Mansoor. Let's let's see if Paul has a question or he'd like to say something. I I have a question. Thank you. Um, You know, firstly, I want to say I'm so impressed uh, that you rode your bike through the Alps, Mark, (laughs) uh, and Margay riding to San Leonardo. My question is going to make me look very wimpy here after hearing that. But Oh, no, uh, no. You have some serious competition from me. <laughs> well, uh, let me say this. I probably ride a bike, I don't know, 90 minutes, three times a week. But it's very flat where I live. But the idea of riding a bicycle in Italy um, really kind of scares me a little bit in the, in the respect. I lived in Castellina in Chianti, and you know that was just too hilly. In Rome, it was just too chaotic. Um, so I would be more inclined to take like a, a bike trail that doesn't, you know, that's dedicated for cyclists. So my question is, do you have a, it, are there such things in Verona? I know they are in Rome. Uh, is there one you recommend? And then the second question that I have is, are electric bikes popular in Italy now? They're very popular here in California. And in fact, those ride sharing acts now have the ability to um, rent one on the street. So lazy people are bicycling now everywhere here. So I just wanted to know if, if that's caught on yet in Italy. Who would like to take that question? Luca, did you want to answer? But yes, the, I start from the finish. So electric bike are uh, almost everywhere now in, uh, in Italy. And um, yes, they are very for lazy people, but uh, it's not about that. They are very common and also it's very important also for for climate. You know, we have a lot, uh, all our cities are very, very cold. It's not difficult. Traffic in, it, in Italy is not is not easy. Also because uh, we have these old cities. So think about Rome, the traffic is a big, big problem. So uh, we need, we need, for, we need uh, alternative uh, transportation and for sure, not only for sport, but also for, for, for work, for uh, transportation, uh, way different way of thinking. So electric uh, is uh, an important trend and uh, we are investing now. So also not only private, but also public are investing and they're thinking uh, about the future. So uh, this is a, a big trend also in Italy. And you can rent, uh, you can also, especially also in the mountain, if you go in Trentino to Adige, you can rent a bike, and yes, it's very easy. So maybe with a, an electric one, you can do also Zon Colana, the d'Italia today. Maybe, yeah, because it's very, very hard. Eh? <laughs> but uh, yes, it's a, it's a good point. And yes, we are working on uh, creating uh, a bike uh, bike street. I, would, I don't say pista ciclabile. I don't I don't know a way to say, but uh, uh, but we are. Uh, not uh, we did develop not so much in Italy, so we have to work more on this. Okay, so I guess I I guess the answer is yes. Uh, there are electric bikes. Actually, Lan rides a bike every day. He uses the um, he's a big um, economy sharing kind of dude. Lan, what's what is the electric bike situation in Verona? And the service is called Verona bike. I think like 50, 50% of the other bikes are now substitute with electric bikes. Then it's, it's super cheap. You pay some 30 cents for first half an hour. And then the cost increase a little bit after the first half an hour. But it's very convenient. I think they have somewhere 30 stations all over Verona. So you can basically go anywhere you want with the bikes. And you know, I've been with it the Verona bike for five years. I think this started the transformation from nasty and then in the middle of the COVID, uh, COVID spreading. And it's, it's certainly fantastic because it's so convenient and so cheap. Are you riding the electric bikes now? Um, not now, but I, I, when I was, when I'm, when I'm in Verona, I, I ride the bikes and as much as I can because I have the subscription. So it's uh, it's free for me if I don't use the uh, electric bikes. 
But I love the electric bikes. I think that's the future of the bike sharing thing, right? Great. Listen, okay, I'm going to um, welcome Mansoor. Mansoor, I think you're going to be our last um, speaker, uh, unless some of the other panelists have a question. First of all, Mansoor, where are you from? I'm from Turkey, from Istanbul. Oh, welcome, welcome Mansoor. <laughs> Thank you. Have, Hi, everybody from uh, very east part of Europe. <laughs> And uh, I would like to add some suggestion for Verona uh, food and wine, uh, uh, let's say, adventure. Fantastic. As, uh, as I'm not uh, young enough to bike around Italy, but I've been several times in Italy. I'm, I, you can consider me half Italian as well. And Verona is my one of the favorite regions that I've been um, several times, mostly for the last two decades. Uh, starting from 2010, also I followed the famous Verona Opera Festival, which is held only uh, once in a year during June-July period, and which is one of the biggest. Uh, of Are the you coming this year? It's going to be on the 19th of June. I say yes. that because we are running um, Opera Wine, um, which is the um, tasting event that uh, we organize with Wine Spectator. It's going to be on the oh, yeah, 19th of June. And then in the evening, there is the inauguration of La Reina. Uh, I'm very much aware of the situation, but unfortunately, because of the COVID restrictions, which my poor and stupid country, which is Turkey, has... <laughs> I think there are tons not, of them, so don't worry. <laughs> I hope nobody registered this. <laughs> but anyway, uh, they don't have enough... Uh, let's say, success to vaccinate the people. So Europe still doesn't uh, open, uh, let's say, borders for Turkish citizens. That's why I uh, would have difficulties to visit Europe for next maybe couple of months, maybe in a year. But uh, let me share my experience for the last couple of years with, uh, while I was there uh, strolling around Verona. Uh, somebody already uh, mentioned some of the very famous uh, restaurants of the, like, uh, Bujardo, Osteria del Bujardo. I don't know if it is mentioned. Yeah, that's actually uh, run by also another wine producer, uh, Mariano yes, exactly. Buglioni. Yeah. Ex exactly. And Antico Bottega del Vino, which is one of my favorites. So right. Um, Luca had mentioned that already. Also owned by 12 wine producers. Yep, that's right. And uh, Enoteca del Zovo, one of my favorites as well. Uh, and uh, I would like to add some small restaurants, not start by Michelin or, let's say, um, prepaid by the full star recommendation, but these are uh, mostly small family family business restaurants. Okay, let's one hear them. them. Is, yeah, one of them is Greppia. I don't know if some of the speakers know that. Sure. It's, yeah, it's very close to the uh, house I, of the um, uh, Giulietta. Right. It's and it's right close to also Al Pompiere. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Pompiere is one of my favorites as well. It's mentioned, so I don't want to add same. But Greppia is, is very famous because I always, every time I pass through Verona, I would like to stop there for their special bolito which is a very huge uh, pot uh, full of uh, interiors of different elements like heads, brains, and lung, 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 the, 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 let's say, the, the tongue and everything. And uh, <laughs> yes. they have also... Not for vegans. Also, yes. Yes. <laughs> Not for vegans, I know. Uh, so uh, this is one of my favorite in, in Verona. I would like to... Uh, you know, you That's bring it. up a good point. Um, actually, the the dish. I think look, maybe Luke can can say something. Um, the bolito con pera. Yeah, that's a Veronese dish, right? Exactly. Yeah. It is well, Veronese, or maybe you can say also Venetian. So not only Verona, but surrounding uh, cities could have the similar dishes. It's also fegato, one of the very famous. Uh, Venetian plate. Yeah, I think fegato is Venetian, but I think uh, bolito con pera. I think it's um, I exactly. think it's Veronese. It is. It is it, exactly. It is, and they have also one of my favorite dishes from um, Verona is risotto alla marone. Yeah, I think that's everybody's favorite. It seems yeah, with I the so. especially with the tourists. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and gnocchi they do very well. And um, by another option, I had several. Uh, options to let's say to to um, to eat 
uh, meat of horses and mules and uh, donkeys. Yeah, I can't eat a domestic pet, so. Yes. Um, but the Osteria Al Duca does uh, another small family business, uh, family running uh, Osteria as a small restaurant, just close to nearby, just near the next door of the uh, house of uh, Romeo. Casa de Romeo. You know, uh, Mansur, you know what you should do? You should send us your list and tag us, uh, Italian Wine Podcast. Stevie, oh, yeah. <laughs> just, Why not? I want to just say that Peara, if you say Peara to a Veronese uh, people, you know, it's uh, okay, we fall in love with you. Peara is uh, prob- probably the most local uh, things uh, and food uh, for us. <laughs> And uh, it's, it's, it's very important for us. And that yeah. Pera means peppered in, Ver- in Veronese dialect. Uh, yeah, know, there you sauce. go. It's a creamy sauce. Yeah. yeah. Mark, have you tried Pera? I have tried Pera and learned a little bit about its history at the Dodici Apostoli, uh, which again is a, yeah. a favorite restaurant. And they're very, um, very. Um, keen on explaining the history and the importance of it to the Veronese uh, in this incredible place where if you go down into the cellar, there are actually the remains of Roman ruins that have been discovered beneath the building. Oh, my God, Mark, you definitely know so much more about Verona than I do. I mean, uh, granted, it doesn't take much, but uh, seriously, I think we need to have you as a food and history consultant for VIA. But first, you have to pass the exam. <laughs> I'm worried about that exam. <laughs> don't, don't worry, Mark. Um, Lan will help you. I'm counting my best. That. <laughs> okay. All right. Listen, you guys, uh, we're, we ran a little bit over. Uh, I'm going to close up the room. Let's have Luca and Mark say the last words. Luca, would you like to say something before we close? Uh, I want to thank you, everyone. And uh, if uh, you know, it's it's very important to speak uh, about Verona, about uh, Giro d'Italia, about uh, Italian Italian wine, Italian food. Yes, of, of course, also Signor Vino with uh, with people from other parts of the world. So thank you very much for the invitation. And I I very want to to know personally Mark and the other guys because uh, well, you you'll definitely meet him because he's coming. Yeah. Because you're also okay, hosting so us one evening. <laughs> Maybe okay, you don't know that okay. yet, but fantastic, th- fantastic. there you go. Because you invite me as a Jew, as a Jew now. So <laughs> <have to> <laughs> yeah, it, actually, <laughs> yeah. yes. Luca is also a judge at Five Star Wines. Yeah. So uh, we'll, it's his first Ayuto. experience. So Ayuto. <laughs> yeah, Ayuto. Yeah. Mark, would you like to say something before we close? Well, I would just like to say thanks. Thanks so much for having me here today, for following my take on the Giro d'Italia. Oh, my God. It's been, listen, I'm not spiritual, but, you know, I believe in karma. And there was some serendipity thing going on two weeks ago. So thank you so much for that. We love it. Um, And you're part of our family already. Well, I feel that, and I'm really looking forward to meeting you all. I'm looking forward to meeting Luca and to having a glass of wine together in Signor Vino and just to uh, being part of this wonderful community. So thank you, and see you soon, I hope. Yes, and you guys, you know, check check Mark's report, every daily report. Um, it's called the Giro d'Italia. It's a playlist on Italian Wine Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye. Arrivederci. You guys made me hungry. Thank you, Marge, Laika, Lan, Paul, Mansour, Luca, and Mark. Arrivederci. Ciao. 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 Ciao, Erin. Slavic. Slavic. Here we go. Ciao. 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 Ciao.